Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. All right, should we get the show on the road? You nervous, Craig? No, I'm all right, mate. All good. You going for a pee? I know what you like. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Not Another Whiskey Podcast, coming to you live and direct from Scotland and Wales. Now, the Wales part is due to our special guest that I'm going to introduce in just a second. I'm your co-host, Mitch Beshard, and I'm joined by my partner in crime, Daryl Haldane, the man who has the nose to sniff out a whiskey from a thousand yards, ears so highly tuned, you can hear a whiskey cork popping in a party of thousands of people and looks like Jim, Jim Murray's illegitimate stepson. That was funny until the end. Um, <laughs> thank you for that wonderful introduction. And yeah, Scotland and Wales coming together today, which is really, really exciting. And this is Not Another Whiskey podcast. And if you've ever thought about how many different types of yeast strains combine to make a single malt whiskey, how many different ones have been used over the years, cocktails of brewers and distillers yeasts, 55 to 110 hours of fermentations, looking to masterfully create some of the finest single malts by effectively splitting a glucose molecule, producing two ethanol molecules, two carbon dioxide molecules per ring, as well as heat. In addition to the reaction, the following by reactions produce aromatic substances such as esters to provide the foundation and development of a fantastic whiskey. This, my friends, is not why we're here. We're here to enjoy whiskies. And welcome again to Not Another Whiskey Podcast. Craig, great to hear from you, pal. Hey, great introduction, lads. I have no idea what you just said, but I'm here for it. <laughs> well, that's right. Well, the thing is, it's it's all about starting your whiskey journey. And this is something that you, you're actually a lot closer to, Craig, than, than we are. And But I think, you know, as we look back, we can talk about our experiences and think about all the stuff that we've kind of gone through uh, in our whiskey drinking careers. Uh, and Craig, it's something that, you know, I feel like we've shared together quite mm. recently, which yeah. is quite cool. Yeah, 100%, mate. Yeah, you guys have literally, I've gone in the deep end and got the luxury of, of tasting some really, really good whiskies early on. I think with a lot of people, they sort of have, you know, they taste the crap stuff straight off. But yeah, you guys have been <laughs> sorting me out with all the decent drums. So yeah, it's been <laughs> great, mate. It's, it's really brilliant, mate. Brilliant. So guys, what we're going to do this episode is talk about how people fall in love with whiskey. And, and this is the main reason why we have Craig on here. We're going to talk about ourselves. So to rewind a little bit and ex explain exactly who Craig is and how we know him. Craig is, and I'm quoting here from his Instagram page, the crucial part of kinging it. 
And I'm sure Amy loves that. So Kingia is is Craig's company. It's his, I suppose it's you could call it a company, but it's more like a, a kind of lifestyle as well uh, that him and Amy, his partner, have created. Um, now, the first thing you guys need to do after listening to this episode is get yourself onto YouTube and watch a Kinging It video. I mean, they are absolutely hilarious. They're entertaining, really well put together, such you know, great editing. I'm a big fan of the edit because I personally do videos and I know how long this takes. But for me, they combine a great mix of comedy, adventure, some serious travels, and a wee whiskey now and again with Craig. So this is how Daz and I met Craig, because I start watching Kinging It videos during lockdown. You know, I'm quite interested in the whole uh, van life thing. So I'm, I'm looking at people that are renovating vans. So I come across Craig and Amy who have renovated this amazing van uh, and their channel Kinging It. Now, at the time, they're traveling across Scotland, which w- was really cool to see. And they've, they've got this amazing Mercedes camper van that they've kind of redone up and, and, and just done a, a superb job on it. Uh, and it's now their home. They travel around in it. Uh, and they call it Custard. And this bus is is superb. So I start watching their episodes and suddenly Craig starts drinking some whiskey. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, wait a minute here. I contact Craig and I'm like, man, I'm going to send you a little uh, virtual whiskey kit, tasting kit. And we do a tasting over Zoom. And from there, we come, become good mates. I then pass him over to Daz. Well, pass him over, but say to Daz, like, hey, you need to send this boy some whiskey. Daz does that. And suddenly the three of us are, you know, during lockdown on Zoom, starting to chat about whiskeys. And that's kind of where it came from. Right, Daz? That's, that is that is right. Um, I, I remember, I think you were, you'd gone up North Craig somewhere and and you were swimming in really, really cold water. And I was like, right, I'm going to send these guys some stuff to make hot toddies. He's just getting into whiskey. This is a good way to get it in. Not knowing you were a vegan, I sent you haggis crisps. I think I said, yeah. they were actually vegan though. Those haggis crisps are vegan. They so. are, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. And uh, I was kind of thinking that to myself. I was like, wait, I did send you some stuff. I know you couldn't eat. I didn't know it until afterwards, but it made me giggle. And then you guys were in Custard, your your fabulous uh, bus, converted bus, enjoying hot toddies after a swim. And I was like, that's class. And it was really nice because I know that it was quite early on in your kind of whiskey drinking career. Um, but that's exactly the way it should be, you know, enjoying it at the right time with the right people in the right way. For me, that's massive. And uh, yeah, put a big smile on my face. And and now we, you know, now we catch up on the regular over a few drams, which is class. Yeah, it is great. That's what I love about it is, yeah, it just brings you together. I remember you both sending me um, whiskey and obviously Mitch, your your first introduction, introduction for me was a great lineup. I think you sent me a Balvenie double word, a Kalila 12 year old, uh, and the, what was the other? There was two more, wasn't there? The Delmore Twelve and something else. Yeah, I think it was a was a Glenfiddich Fifteen in there as well. Yeah, Glenfiddich Fifteen. Yeah, uh, and then yeah, I loved them all, but it was I was so early on, it was really hard to sort of taste the difference. It was just more of a oh yeah, I like that one, oh that one not so much kind of thing. Um, and then yeah, Daz, you sent me some Jura. I think it was a ten year old, and we made hot toddies. And Amy actually loved those hot toddies as well, so that was cool. Every day since then, I've been trying to get her to try whiskey because I'm like, there's going to be one that you're going to like because I want to drink whiskey with you. But she keeps being like, no, I'm not sure. She loves smelling them, but she's not keen to to taste them ever. <laughs> That's class. So, Craig, tell us a little bit more about King in it because Mitch did a really shit job of that. Um, <laughs> that what, what, what is it like? What is it? And like, 
what is it that you guys do? So we basically just get paid to just mess about in a nutshell. <laughs> now we started... that's what that's what Mitch and I do as well. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> People think we're professional, but we're not. We're just dicking about. But yeah, it started about seven years ago. We wanted to go traveling. Uh, and whilst we we kind of booked these around the world tickets, we saved up for about two years in uh, we were working in banks at the time. And we were like, let's go traveling. You pick somewhere you've always wanted to go and I'll do the same. So Amy's was Japan. Mine was Hawaii. We kind of built a trip around that, saved for two years. And then whilst we were doing that, I was always uh, into video work. So I was doing like music videos, weddings, uh, a few things I liked, but I didn't, there was nothing that I loved. But I always wanted to sort of do something for myself. Um, so whilst we were sort of doing research for the trip, I came across travel vlogs. But most of the ones that I found were like Americanized. They were really kind of glossy and they weren't showing like the real side of traveling because I did a bit before. And I, so I said to Amy, I was like, let's make a travel channel that shows the highs and the lows. You know, if we get diarrhea, if we get robbed, if we go to hospital, let's just film it all and, and put it out there and see what happens. So we spent we spent the last six, seven years just sort of growing that and it's changed shapes and forms. And we've sort of, ended up doing like challenges that we never thought we'd do. So um, we've driven like a, a 1.2 litre Fiat Panda from Wales to Russia. We drove like 12,000 miles across the planet. We bought um, a three-wheeled like tuk-tuk in India and drove from the north to the south. And uh, we just kind of want to, we always try and put ourselves out of our comfort zone in the hopes that, you know, there'll be a story to tell within it. And, you know, stuff always happens to us. Like <laughs> we're quite... Some, some would say lucky, others would say unlucky. But um, yeah, so that's what we do in a nutshell. But we didn't want it to be, when we were coming up with the name, we didn't want it to be like backpacking this or traveling. We didn't want it to be sort of too cliche. We wanted it to be something that people could take on for themselves. And the cool thing about kinging it and like our slogan is rule your own world. People sort of take that on. And so we sell merch with crowns on and um people go out and they wear their t-shirts and they're like, Oh, I'm kinging it. You know, they, they sort of, it's almost like you're, it's something that you're doing. It's like being your own boss and going out there and, and doing what you love basically. So yeah, we've built a whole community of people and we just hit a hundred thousand subscribers on YouTube, which is mental to think about how many people that is. And uh, yeah, we get, we get some great contracts with companies and we've worked with visit Wales and visit Scotland. And yeah, we've done heaps of cool stuff just through, putting our youtube video our videos on youtube which is mad yeah it's it's cool man I, you know i i love watching like joe and i are big fans now you know kind of sunday nights if if i'm in sunday night it's like right craig and amy's video you know five six o'clock whenever you guys normally drop it i'm like right sit down watch it put it on um but the thing i love and, and you kind of hit it on the head there you guys are very honest and you kind of wear your hearts on your sleeve when you do your videos, you know, and you talk about how you're feeling and you, you kind of really do talk about that. And, you know, I know you're a big advocate of, of uh, mental illness and sort of mental well-being as well, which is, is really cool to see. And, you know, I think there's a lot of people out there that are doing that on YouTube, but do kind of gloss over it, like you say, and, and just go, ah, oh, this is all the nice stuff. But there's actually a lot of fucking work that goes into what you guys do. And you say, you know, you do just stick around a bit, but I know behind the scenes, because we've chatted about this a lot, how much work you guys put into preparing each episode, you know, writing it, not that it's completely scripted, but, you know, you guys have to think about that and, and doing an episode every week. That's tough going, man. 
at times it's become a bit of a treadmill because you know as you sort of grow your channel grows you get a lot of interest with companies who want to you know pay you to do a sponsored advert and a video so then you have contracts come into place and then you have to deliver videos for certain dates and if something goes wrong you've got to push that back and there there's so much that happens behind the scenes but i think we do a really good job of making it look like well, not making it look like, like you said, we show the, the ups and the downs, but I think we, we do have a good time generally when we're, when we're filming. So people just maybe watch us and think, oh, they've got a wicked life, but it's 90% of our time is spent on our laptops. You know, I spend more time on my laptop now than I did when I was working a nine to five, <laughs> but because you work for yourself, it, it means so much more and it doesn't, it doesn't really feel like work. You know, I know it's a lot of graft, but it's the best job in the world. You know, we get to, to decide where we go and, as long as you've got a camera, you know, we can create content and create a story. And then, yeah, it's um, it's a bit of a free-for-all. Yeah, very cool, very cool. Well, thank you for coming on our, our wee podcast. We appreciate yeah, it. for having me. And just to let everyone know, Craig and I actually did go to Isla Jura recently. That was meant to come out, but unfortunately you had to pull out last, very last minute, like literally oh, before we were about oh, to get on the ferry. I literally watched you sail away, which made me proud. Brutal. Yeah. It was brutal, mate absolutely brutal um all right so we're going to get into this with craig we're going to talk about you know how to fall how you fell in love with whiskey how people get into it and, and talk about the experiences there um but yeah let's what have you been up to Daz? What, what's been going on this week you've been up to a few little distilleries here and there i i was back up at dalmore um which was great uh going up north i love anyway you know that drive as you go up towards inverness and out towards alness yeah. I, I never get bored of that um so i was up there recently and it was really nice we're doing some work up at the distillery there um and other than that yeah it's actually been it's been fairly fairly chilled i've actually ended up with quite a lot of new bottles of whiskey so we did our woven uh podcast there the other week with duncan uh and stinky pete which was loads of fun and, um, wait, wait wait hold up we didn't call him stinky pete where does stinky pete come from um so <laughs> i used to work in bars with pete and he just looked smelly <laughs> so we, we just named him Stinky Pete, and it, he's never he's never dropped that name, sadly. <laughs> Man, I'm, sure, I'm sure he's going to be listening to this episode now, like yeah. Uh, but, but the the whiskey's not stinky; it's absolutely delicious. So yeah, we did our woven thing in the blending uh, sort of studio that they have, which was really really cool. But yeah, well, I finish up with Whitey Mackay this week. I finish on Thursday. Oh, big um, news there! It is big news. Yeah, that's been four and a half years. Um, oh working with these guys, which has been class. I've, I've absolutely, I genuinely have loved it. Um, but yeah, time to go out there into the big wild world and follow Craig Holmes and Mitch Beshard into almost life of self-employment, really. Yeah. Yeah. So, so are we going to get another world exclusive here and, and find out what, what Daz is off to do? On is it, well, it, it, I'm not sure if it's a world exclusive. I'm sure it's reasonably common knowledge, probably amongst <laughs> our peers. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm moving away to set up a, a retailer, um, a spirits retailer. So first of all, we'll, we'll set up an online shop. And the plan is, is to open two physical stores, one in Edinburgh and one in Glasgow initially. Um, and then after that, really, it's on to world domination, to be honest. Um, so, yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll see how it goes. Um, but one step at a time, we'll get this online shop open, uh, hopefully at the end of September. Cool. And, yeah, looking to work really closely with, you know, great producers of, of fabulous scotch, um, other, you know, world whiskies, tons of Scottish gins and Scottish products, really, is where we kind of want to start. Um, but, yeah, I'm really excited about it, man. 
So that's it. That's what we'll do. What about you boys? What's been happening? Mitch, were you at, where were you? You were at a distillery down in the borders the other day. Yeah, right. So I went down, uh, last week I went down to hang out with my Lark Fire boys. So um, I assume you may know I do a little bit of work for, for Lark Fire, uh, which is a water for whiskey, uh, which we've chatted about before on this, this show because uh, we did a, a, a wee adventure over to Lewis with them. So I was down with those boys down in Yorkshire. Uh, amazing. Like, took honestly, you guys need to go down there if you haven't been down there, but where they live, round about Ilkley, just amazing, these amazing pubs, you know, very much this, you think about Yorkshire, what you have in your head with the rolling hills and everything and the, the kind of old school, almost like it's like a dive bar, going back to my American terms, but, you know, it's obviously not a dive bar, like beautiful old school bars. Uh, the guys just took me around some of them. So on the way up, I uh, decided to pop into the Annandale Distillery because they invited me along, uh, which was really nice of them. I had an amazing tour with those guys. Uh, really cool distillery, actually. So, I mean, their history goes back to the 1800s. And then basically, the well, the distillery at one point was owned by Johnny Walker. And then it lay dormant for over 100 years. And then we have a private investor, a guy comes along and he decides, he's from the town, decides to open up the distillery again. And it opened up in 2014. But the amazing thing that I've, I found when I went there was they did an excavation to try and find part of the old distillery and what they did was literally found the old still house, like underground. So you can see all the brickwork that's still completely intact uh, and they perfectly preserved it. So when you go into the courtyard, you can actually see the old still house or where it used to be. Uh, but beautiful distillery, 14 million, I believe, was spent on it. Uh, but really good tour. If you're if you're coming up from, you know, that sort of east, sorry, western side of England back up to Scotland, it's literally seven, eight minutes drive off the uh, off the motorway there. So. Highly recommend a wee tour around Annandale. <laughs> what about you, Craig? You've been oh, you've been working on the van, right? Did you get some AC put in custard? Did oh, I see mate, that? Who are we? Who do we think we are, honestly? Gosh, I mean, we were supposed to go last week, and Amy's like, oh, actually, I want some air conditioning installed. So that ends up being my job. We've got it installed just in time for winter, so that's ideal. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, we're going to go – I think we're going to go France, Spain – Portugal, Morocco. That's the plan, but it depends on borders. It depends what's going to open and who, who's yeah. going to let us in. Um, but to be fair to Amy, like she she did a bit of research and she was like, we need this aircon. And I was like, oh, we, I'm happy to just sweat and just put the fan on. Do you know what I mean? But Amy gets a bit panicked in the heat. Um, but we put it on earlier and it is a dream come true. Like it was really hot and stuffy today. And I put, put it on full blast. It goes down to like 15 degrees feels like you're in a supermarket in Spain. Do you know what I mean? When you walk in the spa and it's freezing cold. Yeah, you're proper luxury and custard now, aren't you? Yeah, we are. Like, Five we're not star like wankers now. We're literally just Airbnb knobheads. <laughs> van <laughs> I keep telling you, man, you need to get a kinging it sticker saying van life wankers on it. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I think they'd sell quite well. What's that Mitch drinking this week? Right, let's move on to what we're drinking, lads. What's everyone? Uh, what's, what's everyone got going on? Well, I actually tried this on a tasting with um, Daz a while back while in lockdown. So I'm on the Tannavulin um, double cask, which is really good and super cheap as well. That's bang for, like bang for your buck. It's a great dram. I think I saw it the other day for about 22 in Asda. Yeah, I think double that's cask. what I Stupidly cheap, but yeah, really delicious. Yeah, it's, it's, it's great. I mean, it's a great example of good space side whiskey, you know. Um, yeah. and that's got that lovely light fruity kind of style to it. So I am I am 
I'm going to come on to this a little bit later on. I'm having two whiskeys, all right? Because one's not enough, Craig. Oh, I mate, I've got a couple. Don't worry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've actually got the Glenmorangie X, which is delicious, to be honest. It's a sweeter, richer version of the classic Glenmorangie. And it's really, really nice. And it even says on the label, Mitch, it says more mixing, which is very, very cool. I'm actually enjoying it side by side with that. I always think it's better to drink two whiskeys rather than one. Nice to compare the flavors so you can understand the differences and things like that. Mitch, what are you drinking? I got sent a little package from my good friends at the Spaceside Roasting uh, Company, who I've been dealing with a lot, actually, because I use we, we put their, their coffee in our goodie bags at Copperbrook. So they've just done a coffee uh, with Glenmorie, and they've actually aged the beans in old... Glenmore casks. So they sent me a little sample of that. So I thought I'd do a little espresso martini. Um, funnily enough, I didn't know you guys were going to be drinking or Craig, you were going to be drinking Tam Navulin, but I did use Tam Navulin double cask for that espresso martini. So using the coffee beans, uh, made an espresso, double shot of Tam Navulin in there, and then just some sugar syrup, really simple. None of that coffee liqueur stuff, just shake it all up, uh, bang it in a rocks glass with some ice cubes. Sounds banging, mate. Yeah, works yeah. really well, actually. It's like, I, I love what they did with the coffee and you actually do get a little bit, quite a bit more of that um, vanilla comes through in the coffee beans just when you drink an espresso straight with, with what they've done. Uh, you don't get a lot of whiskey coming through, but just really nice idea, them being based up in Speyside and using a distillery like that. All right, Craig, so let's get into this, man. Um, how's your experience been getting into the, the whole whiskey scene and starting to drink it? I mean, going, going way back, my first ever taste of whiskey i think um my mum used to have a bottle of whiskey it was probably my dad's actually in the cupboard when i was like probably eight years old i remember begging her for for weeks and weeks to just have a taste because it looked so inviting you know i mean it was like that whiskey color that deep amber gold and i was like let me have a go let me have a go so anyway she she gave me a little shot of it and i just burst into tears and so uh that was my first ever whiskey at eight years old starting them young and then, I mean, fast forward, you know, 18, I was out drinking Jackson Coke, probably that was my next experience with whiskey. And then when we started that um, Scotland trip in Custard, we went to the Wolfburn distillery in Thurso in the north. And uh, we were with a few of the boys and they were giving us like cask strength stuff. And I was like, Jesus Christ, this is so strong. And uh my, my friend Lena was with us at the time, actually, and she, she works for um, uh, a drinks company. So her job is to sort of go out and sample different spirits. So she was loving it. And I was like trying to, you know, just trying to get it down without choking. <laughs> but because Amy was the designated driver, uh, she got some samples to take away. And so I took them in the bus and uh, I we actually had some uh, some ice in the freezer. And I was like, oh, let's try, I'll try this whiskey. Because I was convinced that, there's got to be people people drink it you know i was like people drink whiskey and they like it i remember when i was young i used to hate olives the first olive i had i cried as well i was young. i did a lot of crying when i was young and uh i was like you know i thought it tasted like soap but then as i got older i started enjoying olives and no i you know i knew that people ate them for a reason so it was the same with whiskey so i started trying all the samples that amy had left over with ice and that helped me a lot because obviously it, it diluted the root because I think the whiskeys we had were like 58% and they were really powerful. 
but as it sort of diluted more and more, I could get the flavors were coming through. And I was like, oh, it's actually really good. And Amy's like, you're enjoying that, yeah. And so then I just started buying little sample packs. And I think the first bottle I bought was a Glenfiddich 12 year old. It was like one of the smaller ones. And I really liked that. And then I moved on to um, uh, Monkey Tree, Monkey, Monkey Tree, Monkey, Monkey Shoulder. Shoulder. Yeah. <laughs> Monkey Tree. And uh, yeah, so uh, that was the first proper bottle I bought. It was a blended scotch, but that was really good as well. And then I think it was either before or after that is when you sent me that sample pack. Um, and I was just like, this is me now. It, and that's, and, and that's when your me, whole world opened up right there. Yeah, it literally is. And, and I think unless you, unless you drink whiskey and you, you kind of understand it, or if you're listening to this and you're thinking about getting into it, once you try a whiskey that you really love, it completely opens the door to a, a, literally a whole new world because it becomes obsessive. I'm like all or nothing. So now I'm just like constantly looking at different whiskeys online, watching videos. Naomi's like, you're a freak. Like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> but, but I yeah. think that's the thing. I, you know, I, I say this all the time, and I, I know Daz says this as well, but everyone loves whiskey. It's just you have to find the right one for you. Once you mm. To your point, once you do find that, then it's like, okay, well, I know what style that I like. So then what other styles are very similar? Uh, I mean, my, my first experience of whiskey was absolutely awful. It was when I was, uh, I'm not going to say what age I was, but I managed to get hold of a supermarket's own bottle, quarter bottle, and drank it on a park bench, I think in two gulps. I uh, was absolutely sozzled. And that was it. You know, I, I was turned off whiskey for a long time. Um, mm. It wasn't until I, I think I was in my early 20s, I remember going on a trip up north, north of Scotland and being by a lock and someone had brought a bottle of Highland Park 12-year-old and we were actually standing around this lock again drinking out of the bottle kind of running theme here with me um, but I remember swigging out of the bottle and being like oh man that's that's completely different from when I first tried it and I remember being at that point like okay this is it I, I, I need to get kind of similar to what you had I, I need to get into whiskey now I need to start drinking it a lot more and exploring it so it's funny isn't it because I, I can't imagine there's many people who have gone to Wolfburn as their first distillery right. tour. Yeah. You've been, um, you've been to Wolfburn, Daz? I have not been. No. Uh, neither have I. No. Uh, so, so, Craig, you're, you're doing things uh, the right way around, I suppose, is the one way of looking at it. My, my first real memorable experience, I mean, we've all, I think, grown up in Scotland. I think most people have had a shite experience at some point with whiskey. You know, growing up, you probably swigged a bottle you shouldn't have at the age you shouldn't have and all that kind of stuff. But I do remember working in Rick's. And I'll never forget this because I was working with a guy called Jim Wrigley, who's in the drinks industry as well. And I finished work. It was New Year's Eve. And I actually finished at about half past 11 because I'd been on the morning shift through tonight, setting up, prepping up, getting all the fruit juices and everything like that ready for a busy New Year's Eve. And I stayed on probably an hour longer than I was meant to. And I had a bottle of Ardbeg and I sat at the end of the bar after my shift and sat and had a few drams with a couple of the guys. Jim Wrigley was one of them after work. We finished that bottle off. I was on the next day shift and it was fucking horrific. <laughs> but I really enjoyed the whiskey. And it was obviously Ardbeg, very smoky, uh, delicious. And, and I never really forgot that. That flavor never left me. And it never put me off at all. And it really did. It brought me in. And after that, I became very interested in things like the Glenfiddich 21, which I think was the Havana Reserve at that time. You know, and, and, and it, and it kind of made me search out these bottles, try them, taste them and explore them that little bit more. And, and then obviously ended up working, you know, and that's the thing, isn't it? Is that Mitch and I have been part of so many people's 
first experiences with whiskey as brand ambassadors, but it feels like a long time ago when we started that journey ourselves. But those flavors and those little mini experiences, they never really leave you. Craig, I bet you never forget that Wolfburn on ice in the van. No, no. Yeah. Yeah. It was, yeah. Obviously, you know, since then I'd looked at the one that, that I had and it was like 65 quid bottle, you know, it was decent whiskey, really nice. So I was trying the good stuff, do you know what I mean? Straight away, I was quite lucky. <laughs> and what about, so what about like getting getting people in? Craig, I know through Instagram, you've had a lot of people coming to you for advice, right? Um, like yeah. what should I try? How should I try it? What should I do? Like what would your top tips be for somebody that's like coming into whiskey for the first time? Yeah, just trying something that's, you know, going to be more palatable. Like don't go straight in for like something big and smoky you know, maybe try that later down the line, but yeah, just trying it with ice or just a little bit of water just to get the flavors. Cause I think the one thing that puts people off in the beginning, the one thing that put me off was the power of whiskey. You know, when you, when you're not used to drinking something so strong, it just, you know, it can blow your head off. So I think just starting with something a bit lighter uh, with a bit, yeah. And just sort of water it down a bit just to get the flavors. Cause that's what it's about at the end of the day. And it's the, it's the different complex flavors that you get from whiskey. So it's so true as well. I think whiskey is a lot more approachable now because people realize they can add water or ice or espresso to their whiskey. Um, you know, going back to when Daz and I first started, it was like this precious liquid that had to be sipped from a certain type of goblet with this certain style of water. You know, that was the only water you could put in it. And just all this bullshit was around. Do you remember the, the, the classic, Mitch, wasn't it? Was uh, the only thing you should put in a whiskey, son, is another whiskey. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, had many of those conversations, didn't we? But when Daz and I, you have to remember as well, Craig, when Daz and I first started doing whiskey tastings, basically all we were doing was going around golf clubs, like consumer-wise. That's the only sort of audience we were talking about because at the time that was the, that was the only people that were drinking whiskey were, were the old boys so really our audience was this wrinkly old sausage fest you know what i mean it was it was horrendous um yeah I, you know I, I remember so many boys being like I, you know i've been drinking whiskey before you were born sonny what are you going to teach me about it and all that kind of shit yeah yeah uh, it was a challenge wasn't there it was oh, weird because i yeah. actually remember when i so sweden Craig is, is is massive for whiskey clubs. Is and, it okay? Oh man, they're pro. I actually did a tasting with Sweden today, and they're super geeks. They want to know everything: how many staves are in a cask, what yeast were you using in 1973, and when did you get rid of your direct fired stills, and like all these kind of tricky questions. They are really just trying to trip you up because going over there, I was working for Highland Park at the time. I was only 26, as a kind of global ambassador, is very young. And, and I actually had to just, I just grew a massive beard and stuff just so I looked older than I actually was. Cause I look about 12 when I don't have a beard. Um, and they did, they, they expect a certain age of guy, you know and I mean? I mean, I do think they're expecting an old man to turn yeah. up, you know, and I'm a younger guy. I mean, God knows what it was like back then for a younger female ambassador who knows so fucking much about whiskey and could ring, run rings around all of us about the intricacies of stills and yeast and all that kind of thing. But there was that expectation that you had to be an old grey man to know about whiskey. And it definitely has changed. Certainly from my perspective, I've noticed a massive difference. People are quite easy when I show up. Maybe it's because I'm 10 years older. <laughs> and my, my beard's now down to my pants, you know? <laughs> I was going to say, because you've got that, that beard going on, mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah I, I, but though the, the same thing occur I, I do agree though with craig adding a bit of ice i love whiskey on ice 
and and it's funny, Craig, because as you move away from Scotland and go out to the you know the southeast of Asia to Singapore and Malaysia and places like that, they are mixing whiskey all the time with ice, with water, with soda, with green teas. You know, they are really kind of open to that kind of thing. So I I would totally back you up in terms of like here's how you can start trying new whiskies pick something that's not intimidating flavor wise add a bit of ice add a bit of water and, and just see how you get on you know Daz Mitch's whiskey news of the week this week what's been happening around the world of whiskey obviously the bombshell Daz is leaving white and mackay front <laughs> massive, page mate. massive front page whiskey news boys that's what's happening <laughs> <laughs> they wouldn't they wouldn't even notice I've gone. <laughs> <laughs> they will when my expense account stops getting used. That's when they'll notice the profits to White and Mackay yeah, will jump up me. next week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The profits double because Daz <laughs> my, is left. Uh, my boss Stevie P is gonna be buzzing about that. <laughs> um well actually talking of where I am, Dalmore uh, have launched decades. I don't know if you've seen that. Uh whiskey's going back to 1951, um, all the way through to midnight. Well, actually, midnight on the year 2000, the turn of the millennium is the last whiskey in that collection. And it's uh, they've got one six-set collection, and I think they've got 15 five-sets or 10 five-sets and 15 four-sets or something like that. But it's a, a big, big thing for Dalmore. That's big news. Rare and aged whiskeys going out the door there. There's another distillery that's launching a rare whiskey as well this week. And actually, I caught a glimpse of, uh, I caught a glimpse of it just there. It was the... Was it Wait, ben... Daz, b- before you go on to that, can we rewind a little bit, go back to Dalmore? Yeah. Tell everyone the cost. It's a couple of hundred grand. So for, yes, for, the, for the set, I believe, right? For you, you get a couple of bottles with that. Yeah, yeah, you get a couple of bottles of that. You, you, you could also convert a few buses for that, Craig. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Put aircon in as well. Yeah, you could get aircon. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Tell Amy, tell Amy, where, where's your money better spent, Craig, on whiskey or aircon? That's what we want to know. <laughs> <laughs> ben, React are uh, launching something which is quite cool this week as well, which is their malting sessions. So they're one of the, is it seven distilleries with a floor maltings? Is that right, Mitch? Yeah, I think it's seven now. Um, I know Ben React are doing it on a, not on a full-time basis, mm-hmm. but they, they, they have their, their maltings going on a part-time basis, but really cool to see that going on again and, and, distilleries bringing back their, their floor maltings in the traditional sense yeah and gordon mcphail uh, just about to launch a 40 year old ben romack as well which is which is mega so this is the type this is the time of year to be fair as you go into september october november you do see big marquee launches from the distilleries as they go into the business end of the of the year you know people are gifting and buying and all the whiskey shows craig as well around europe take place at this kind of time of year in fact uh, all over the world because china uh, was meant to have whiskey l in shanghai but sadly that's been cancelled and been pulled because of because of coronavirus so yeah a lot of launches happening hopefully mitch craig hopefully we get some decent samples through the post eh? yeah rachel barry if you're listening <coughs> nudge, nudge, <coughs> wink. kieran healy Ryder, give us some decade samples mate that'd be lovely we need to get rachel on the on on the show actually that'd be cool we do, yeah, we that, do have hmm. a, uh, a malt master coming on the show next episode, so stay tuned till the end and we'll tell you who that is. Uh, I'm going to get on my high horse a little bit about what's going on in the uh, whiskey news. Um, I sent you guys the story already, but one of the things that's really been fucking pissing me off uh, this week is happening over in the US. 
Um, so there's a guy who has decided to try and get into the whiskey world from the world of American football. I'm not going to mention his name. I'm not going to mention his whiskey's name either, because I just don't want to give this guy the, the airtime or the PR for it. But it's a disgusting story. So anyway, to rewind a little bit, um, we have uh, a lady who's in Kansas. She's a buyer for whiskey uh, or a spirit store in Kansas. Basically, she does a post, and this is going back now to all the way to the, the start of, of August. This is like 7th of August. So she posts a picture of this whiskey. Uh, it's got a disgusting name to it, right? But all she says is, this is the start of my week. Happy Monday, y'all. And that was it. No slagging off of the whiskey. And, and, and that was all she posted. So the guy, I'm not even going to say gentleman, because I'm going to just call him a guy. I'm actually going to call him an absolute horrendous person because he is he basically then replies to her saying why don't you all try it first and stop hating you know damn well that you have put much worse in your mouth needless to say and rightly so the whole whiskey uh community has gone absolutely crazy about this including myself i posted about it uh, this guy is absolutely disgusting. I mean, the things that he is saying, he's basically, you know, he, he's quite a big deal because he used to be uh, a coach and he was featured on a Netflix program. So he's like a C-list celebrity. He's got a little bit of a following on Instagram, right? Um, but he's basically naming and shaming this poor girl, tagging her. She's had to go private on Instagram now because she's get, been getting all these hate messages, uh, DMs from, from his fucking followers, uh, you know, and, and the, the the good thing about the story, right? I mean, that's obviously the horrendous part of it. But the, the positive part about the story, the whiskey community has got behind this so much and given her so much support and just gone after this guy in such a big way. His distributor has now dropped him in the US. Now, yeah. for those that don't know how, how the US system works, you have to have a distributor to sell your booze. You cannot sell it directly. It's called a three tier system. Hopefully no other distributor in the US will touch this guy's liquid now and we will not see it getting put out anymore. The stuff he is saying is absolutely disgusting. There's absolutely no room for it and no need for it within the whiskey world. Uh, and, you know, it's, it's just been really annoying me this week uh, seeing what he's been doing. But again, to, to talk on the positive side, it's amazing to see the whiskey community that you know you're now part of as well, Craig. Uh, really back up this lady that initially you know all this horrible stuff has been happening to, uh, and seeing everything that, that, that's been going on. That's my that's my little rant for this week about whiskey news. A little bit more serious than we normally get into on the whiskey news, but I wanted to get that off my chest. Yeah, it's, it's good to see you sitting on the fence here, Mitch. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's great though. It's great, like you said, like people standing up. But just get the fuck out of here with that kind of stuff. Do you know what I mean? It's it's it just can't be. It it's just not on. Do you know what I mean? And when people stand up for that, it's great to see yeah. people just being like, "No, mate, you can't do that." Do you know what I mean? It's time for Mitch and Daz's interesting Scotch whiskey facts that definitely won't get you laid. All Scotch is whiskey, but not all whiskey is Scotch. There's no t that's the only tongue twister in here. <laughs> all right. You don't need to look constipated when nosing and tasting. You're allowed to smile when you enjoy a whiskey. How does that sound, Craig? Is that all right? <laughs> yeah, it's fun. It's funny, though, because Craig, Craig does look a bit constipated when he drinks whiskey on his uh, yeah. pinging it. Sometimes. 
<laughs> you, don't, you don't need to look like you're thinking hard and you don't need to look like you're in pain and, and when you drink you the whiskey. Yeah. You don't need to have the, the glass at the, the 45 degree angle as well. Yeah, totally. You always see that. So funny, right. it? It's like a go-to. I think everybody just sees it and they just do it. They, just... <laughs> they do. Oh, it's mad. Like, it's mad. There are 128 malt whiskey distilleries in Scotland and seven grain whiskey distilleries. There are tons and tons of countries that actually produce whiskey. And I think a lot of people... When they go, you know, Japanese whiskey. Do they actually make whiskey in Japan? Taiwanese whiskey. What is this thing? But there are. And actually, a lot of these companies have been, a lot of these countries have been making whiskey for a very, very long time. Taiwan, Japan, India, Australia. Even Australia has regions within it because you've got places like Tasmania, which have eight or nine distilleries producing whiskey at the moment. You've got Italy, you've got France. Of course, you've got the USA. Wales is making whiskey, Craig, as you know. Even England has whiskey distilleries. Can you believe that? However, the first written reference to whiskey is from Fife, which is where Mitch and I hail from. And it's widely recognized as the Exchequer Rules. It was penned in 1494 when a guy called Friar John Corr turned some barley into what they knew as aquavitae, which of course became known as whiskey. That's Newborough in Fife, where the Lindors Abbey distillery is. And we must do something on Lindors at some point, because that's an interesting wee place. Um, it's thought though, this is the first written reference in, in, in 1494. However, it is thought our dear chums in Ireland actually were producing whiskey before we did, but they were having such a good time. They forgot to write it down. So we will claim that whiskey is ours and the Irish can basically do one. Yes. They're doing all right though. They're doing all right though. They've, they've opened a few distilleries very, very recently in the last four or five years. There's been tons and tons of them. And what is also quite interesting, and we were talking about how you can enjoy whiskey on ice and on water. And actually, I sent you a toddy kit um, at the start of lockdown, Craig, when you were up north doing your open water swimming and everything like that. And in the Victorian era, toddy was the, was the way whiskey was consumed. Really? It, it was always heated, it was always sweetened, and it was always flavoured. And actually, if you go back even further to the times of Friar John Corr, we don't know what he used it for, but they were definitely flavouring aquavitae and things like that for consumption back then it's only recently really that we've seen whiskey consumed in the way that it is today so all those freaks that play with their belly buttons and look like they're constipated when they're sipping on their cast strength non-chill filtered naturally colored single malt whiskies as much as we love them if we want to mix it it was how it was done originally so they can basically do one that's it some facts about whiskey that definitely won't get you laid seems like we've both gone on a, on a rant here this week does I'm on a high horse. I've got two whiskeys in front of me, to be fair. It was always <laughs> going to happen. Yeah. You guys were so nice to me recently and gave me a bottle of Glenallake, which was matured in a PX cask. It was a 2006 vintage, I think. It's 14-year-old, something like that. Absolutely delicious. Can I just really? say, we gave, we gave Daz that because he didn't make it to the trip. Well, he didn't make it on the ferry to Isla and Duro. Yeah. So that, that was like a... Dude, we feel so bad that we had such a great time. We had to get you yeah. someone. Yeah, but you, have you been you've been enjoying it, mate? Is it nice? Yeah, on, honestly, it's gone down so so well. Um, and I I feel like I need to do like a tasting video or something like that for you boys, just to tell you how much I appreciate it. The thing is, it's a Glenallachie is a proper industry darling, isn't it? Like it, it's become one of these distilleries. Billy Walker took it over about four or five years ago, or whenever it was, and they started to release just some really, really great space-side single malts. So I was really, really touched when you gave me it. And it's also 
five minutes away from Mitch's Copper Brock place. Oh, no way. So I'm not even convinced you bought it. I bet it was a freebie, lads. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> I wish my sister gave me freebies. Um, now, is it, you know, I was drinking the 12-year-old uh, about a month ago. And I think it, it was the one that won the, the best Scotch whis- whiskey in the world. So good. It is so mm. good, that juice. A lot of people, it was funny because, yeah, that's the one, Craig. Craig's holding up the 12-year-old right now. Um, but it was funny because I posted it on Instagram and a few people said, oh, I think it's overhyped. I don't think it is at all. Like, yeah. I don't think there's enough hype about it. All right, guys. So that's it for this week's episode. Thank you, Craig, for joining us. Uh, I know you're a busy boy, so we really do appreciate your time, man. And looking forward to seeing your travels uh, around Europe in your new air-conditioned custard. <laughs> oh, thanks for having me, lads. It's been a pleasure. I love, you know, always up for talking whiskey and having a few drams. So, yeah, I have to do it again. Quick question, Craig, before you go. Yeah, shoot. Have me. you got a little bar, a little setup for ice, a little bit of water in that for your whiskies? How 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 do you organise your whiskies in a camper van, sort of converted bus like that? Well, the reason I haven't got um many whiskies left in my room is because I've packed, but I've packed no clothes. I've literally just packed whiskey. <laughs> All right, guys. So that's it for this week. Uh, join us next time when we're going to get Brendan McCarran, master distiller from Distel. He's going to be joining us to chat about all things Bunahaven. Deanston and Tobamori. So we're actually going to get our first uh, whiskey maker on the show, which is going to be exciting. So guys, until next time, may the angel share be with you and may all your whiskies be silky and luscious. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.